Welcome to the NLCC Lancaster Podcast. The following message is titled, Filled with Comfort, and was spoken by Pastor Gary Keller. We hope and pray this message blesses your life. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit us at nlcclancaster.com. We have a moment together here on this Sunday morning to share with you a word, I believe, a word from the Lord, found in 2 Corinthians chapter 7. Listen to verse 4, 5, and 6. Great in my boldness of speech toward you, Paul says, great in my glorying of you. I am filled with comfort. I love that. I am filled with comfort. I am exceedingly joyful in all of our tribulations. He's not denying that there's tribulations, but he's saying even in our tribulation, I find comfort. Next verse, for when we were come to Macedonia, our flesh had no rest. I think this is symbolic of what we're facing today around the world. Our flesh had no rest. We were troubled on every side. Watch this carefully. Without were fightings, within were fears. Nevertheless, God, the God that comforts us, he comforts those that are cast down, comforted us by the coming of Titus. You see, in this passage of scripture, we find this word comfort. And uh, comfort is my word of choice for each of you this morning as we face this coronavirus. It goes without saying that many times we face trials and tests and tribulations and turmoil and that go beyond just a virus. You know, today I want to deal with the fact that we are going through this unprecedented time in America and around the world. And because of the virus, we're challenged on every front. But sometimes, we we need to be real here and honest, sometimes the challenge is much more than that. Within us, there's fear and doubt and unbelief and those types of things that we have to deal with if we're going to be victorious. And so it goes without saying that many of us are facing trials and tests and tribulations and turmoil that go beyond what we're confronting today. And that's why Paul said, I am filled with comfort. I am exceeding joyful in all of our tribulation. That's my prayer today is that in this time of tribulation, you would find comfort and you would find joy. He's not, he's not denying the fact that it's a challenge. He said, our flesh had no rest. We were weary. We were tired. We were challenged. We were troubled, he said, on every side. And there were fightings without. And there were fears within. Nevertheless, God that comforts those, he comforts those that are cast down. So when referring to the various challenges that we are up against in this thing called life, in order to activate the comfort of God which he is absolutely ordained for us to have, we can be comforted when we are facing the enemy. And so how do we do that? How do we, how do we come against the enemy in a time like this? Because he's going to come against us with fear, unbelief, and notwithstanding doubt. So how do we confront him? We confront him with the word of God and we confront him through and by the spirit of almighty God. First of all, we must confront doubt. 
We must come against it in the name of Jesus. And let me put it in these terms. We must confront the challenge, and it is a challenge, of this doubt that debilitates us. Sometimes it it freezes us in our track. Doubt will do that. And so it begs the question, what is doubt today? What, What are some of the things that we might be facing what, is the, what does doubt mean through the scripture and by the word of God? Well, we find that doubt is hesitation, it's uncertainty, it's a reservation, misgiving, it can be distrust, disbelief, a qualm, it can be, it can be suspicion, and notwithstanding, it can be skepticism. So when, when the enemy challenges us, he wants to bring doubt into our heart, so we'll be skeptical about the answer, about what Paul is saying here is the answer. He wants you to be doubtful when it comes to the Word of God or the promises of God or the delivering power of God. But he's a liar, according to John 8, 44, and he's the father of it. So we must confront all of the above, all of these attributes and definitions of doubt. We must confront them on this battlefield that we're in. And so what is doubt? Doubt is uh, the enemy taking things and turning them around until we don't really trust God. It's the lack of trusting God. So we must confront this virus. We must confront our doubts. We must confront all of the skepticism that comes into play. And why? Because doubt can, watch this carefully, cripple your walk with God. It can, it can hinder your walk with God. Doubt can challenge your inner peace and your joy. It can silence your praise and your thanksgiving to God. That's why we have to confront it. No one is uh, immune from doubt. No one is immune from doubt. Listen to the question posed by John the Baptist. And, and let me just say this. John the Baptist was a forerunner of Jesus Christ. I don't have time to tell his whole story. But suffice it to say, he is now facing something he has never faced before. Much like you and much like me, our world, we're facing things we've never faced before. So in that moment, in that moment of facing something he had never faced before, listen to the word of God in Matthew chapter 11. Now, when John had heard in the prison, the works of Christ, what did he do? He sent two of his disciples to confront Jesus and say to Jesus, are ye who it should come? Or do we look for another? What is he saying? He's saying, this God that I preached about, this Savior that I declared to be the Savior of the world, behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. That was John's declaration of Jesus. Now, because he's facing something he's never faced before, he's doubting the very existence of the Messiah and who he had declared the Messiah to be. All of that's based on the fact that he was facing something he had never faced before. That's why I bring this message to you today. We are facing things we've never faced before, but we will not, we cannot, we must not allow doubt to detour us and to separate us from the love of God. 
Nothing's going to separate us from God. Doubt is not going to separate us from the love of God. And so when confronting the subject of doubt, inevitably, every preacher, myself included, we always go back to doubting Thomas. And we always tell you the story of doubting Thomas. But I don't want... I don't want you in your mind to have this idea that Thomas is just a doubter because he did doubt, but don't forget, he finally made it to that upper room. Jesus revealed himself to Thomas. And when Jesus revealed himself to Thomas, Thomas made this declaration, my Lord and my God. So at the end, and it's all about how you finish, at the end, Thomas was not a doubter, but was a believer. Now he demonstrates to us that we will have times of doubt, but when we do, we need to be shut in with God until he reveals himself to us, and the end of the story is what matters. Thomas ended his story with faith. I want you to end your story with faith. Paul writes in our text, listen to it again. And when we were coming to Macedonia, our flesh had no rest, but we were troubled on every side. Without there were fightings and within there were fears. Hey, give me just a moment here. I want to read our text in the Amplified Bible. Let me insert this right here because this is a wonderful rendition of this passage and I want you to listen to it in the Amplified Bible. Great is my confidence in you. Great is my pride and boasting on your behalf. I am filled to the brim with comfort I am overflowing with joy in spite of all of our trouble. I'm telling you, that is a powerful scripture that I believe the Lord wants you to hear today. We are filled to the brim with comfort. We are overflowing with joy in spite of all of our trouble. That's what I want for you. I want you to have faith. I want you to believe God. I want you to be an overcomer. I want you to have joy in spite of the trouble. The next verse. For even when we arrived in Macedonia, our bodies had no rest. I get it. I know you do too. But we were oppressed at every turn. Conflicts and disappointments without. Fear and dread within. But, next verse, but God, hallelujah, who comforts and encourages the depressed and the disquieted, comforts us by the arrival of Titus. That This passage is so, so important for what we are facing as a nation right now. And we must, we must put our faith in God. So Paul writes in our text, there are going to be fightings without. There's going to be fears within. And so we must confront fear. Not only doubt, but we must confront fear. Even the great apostle Paul experienced fear. He confessed that in his writings. He was writing to the church in Corinth, and he reminded them of the troubling experiences that he had had in our text in Macedonia. And then he pins these words. Listen to him carefully. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8, 9, and 10. I love this scripture. We were troubled on every side, not distressed. 
We were perplexed, not in despair. We were persecuted, not forsaken. We were cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about the body of the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in us. He is saying to us, I know there's fear. I know that there's all kinds of confronting that we're going to have to do against doubt and fear. And notwithstanding, we're going to have to deal with discouragement. The reason I'm bringing this message to you here in the auditorium of New Life Christian Center is because this is a place where you and I belong. This is a place where God has touched us. This is a place where God has healed and saved and delivered. And so I come to you from the auditorium today of New Life Christian Center for this purpose, to remind you that God is still here, but he's not just here, he is there with you at a home or wherever you might be listening and watching today. Jesus Christ is with you right now. And this is not a time for you and I to be disappointed. And of course, I love what Paul said in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number three, for consider him that endureth such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Discouragement is given a foothold in your life if it has the power and the opportunity afforded by you to disable you. Discouragement can only activate itself against you if you allow it. So we must come against it. It will immobilize you. It will stop you. Discouragement will cause a person to lose heart in the battle against evil. Discouragement can cause a person to lose interest in the word of God and the work of God. And you and I must understand how the enemy works. You can't believe the enemy, when he says anything, you've got to trust the word of God. You see, the enemy's goal is to cause you, let me just get personal with you for a moment. The enemy's goal is to cause you to focus. I want to just take my time and make this clear. He wants you to focus on your past failures because he knows when he, and those past failures are just that, past failures. When you do, he knows that at that moment, he can bring discouragement in. But we will not be held captive by the enemy of our soul bringing up our past. No, we're going to look at where we are now. Jesus Christ is our God. That is the God of here and now. We can become discouraged. We can become discouraged by the disappointments caused by others, and people will disappoint you. You can become discouraged by the difficulties you're facing with this virus that will overwhelm your heart, mind, soul, and body. And the children of Israel were discouraged by the lack of faith on their part by their own brethren. Listen to this. This is Deuteronomy chapter one and verse 28. Whether shall we go? Our brethren have discouraged our hearts saying the people is greater than we are. Listen, don't let anyone or anything discourage you in this time of stress, in this time of weariness, in this time of challenge. Remember what Paul said. There are fightings from without. There are fears from within. But God is our comfort. So we need to arise. We arrive. 
We need to arise, I should say, and let God be God. Now, this is an interesting thing. Paul said, nevertheless, God that comforts those that are cast down, comforted us by the coming of Titus. Now, that's a little statement there that I had to look at very carefully. What's this about? What, what are we talking about? God's going to comfort us by sending Titus to us. Can I tell you that God will always send a word? You don't know exactly maybe where it's going to come from or who it's going to come from, but God will send a word. And in this case, he is sending a word to the people of God through a man by the name of Titus. I love that. I love the fact that God will always show up and he will always show up with a word and it may come from a Titus in your life. And Titus comes with a message. Praise God. Titus comes with a message. Let's go back. Let me go back to our text and read it to you. The, the, the sixth verse, nevertheless, God that comforts those that are cast down has comforted us by the coming of Titus. So what is Titus's message? What is he going to say to us? How is he going to comfort us? God's going to send a word to us through Titus. Well, listen to Titus chapter 2 and verse 11. For the grace of God that bringeth, this is Titus, he's bringing the comfort. The grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust in this present world, that we should live soberly, righteously in this present time. Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of the great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Titus is bringing us a word that it's not about you and I looking at our fears, disappointments, discouragements, and being down about it. It's about looking at these things and understanding that a Christian always has a future. There is always something ordained by God for us to be victorious. And he's going to send that. He's sending that word today, right now, from his holy writ to every one of us that what Titus had to say then is what he is saying to us now. We are looking for our blessed hope. My focus is not on the virus. My focus is not on my trial. My focus is not on my doubt, my fear, my unbelief, my discouragement. My focus is on the fact that Jesus Christ is coming back. My focus is on the fact that there is this glorious appearing of the Lord that's getting ready to happen. And you and I can be prepared for that and be ready for that and believe that and understand that and know that God is sending us a word today a word of comfort. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse number 18, the word of God says this, nevertheless, God that comforted those that are cast down, comforted by Titus coming to us. And then in 1 Thessalonians 4, 18, it says, wherefore, now, now that Titus has come, now that he has shared with you and shared with me, we understand what the word is. We comfort one another with Titus's message that we got to look up and be ready for the glorious appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now Paul is saying to us, wherefore, comfort one another with these words. I've come to bring a word today to confront your doubt, to confront your fear, your disappointment, your unbelief. We're going to confront those things and declare 
that God is still God. We comfort one another with these words. You see, if our faith is going to a battle against fear and doubt and discouragement, then it's imperative that we understand a few things about fear. First of all, the spirit of fear does not come from God. The spirit of fear is evil, and it is opposed to everything that God is. The spirit of fear is an antichrist spirit. He will use fear against every one of us because he wants our hearts to fail because of that. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. God hath not given to us the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. We find in Luke chapter 10, behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. These are great words that I bring to you from Mark. Listen to what he says in Mark. These signs shall follow them that believe in my name that shall cast out devils, they shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. No place for fear. There's no place for fear today. And so not only the fear uh, that has no power over us, but God has given us love. The spirit of fear did not come from God, but love, power, and a sound mind. And today, I thank God for the church of the living God. I thank God that we can comfort one another and we love one another, we support one another, we strengthen one another. You see, the spirit of love enables us to love the Lord first. First John 4, 19, we love him because he first loved us. The spirit of love enables us to love one another. Not only do we love God, but we love each other. John 15 and 12, this is my commandment that ye love one another, Jesus said, even as I have loved you. And the spirit of love enables us to love even our enemies. In Matthew chapter five, but I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. You see, in righteousness, we're going to be established according to what Isaiah had to say. We will be established and the oppression and the fear and the terror will not come against us. So in closing, here we go. First John chapter five, verse number four, putting all this in perspective, watch this carefully. For whatsoever is born of God, that's you, that's me, that's the ecclesia, that's the call, that's, that's the redeemed, that's the church, that's us. Whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. No wonder Paul wrote to the Hebrew church, chapter 11, verse 1, you can quote it. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things that are not seen. And so now faith, in other words, my proactive faith, not, not laid back, uninterested faith, but my proactive faith is going, my aggressive faith. I think we can call it proactive, aggressive, eager, uh, my anxious for, here, uh, I like this, my anxious for nothing faith, hallelujah, goes like this. I am prepared for my miracle. 
That's what we have to say today. I am expecting my healing. No doubt, no fear, no, no discouragement. I believe no matter how difficult my case may seem, I'm believing that God will intervene in my situation this morning. And so Hebrews chapter 11, without this faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So what is the law of faith? We've talked a lot about the negative side of things, the fear and the unbelief and the doubt and all of that. But what is the law of faith that you and I should be operating by today? Well, we build our faith today on the law of God. And the law of God goes like this. I want you to prepare for this. I'm almost finished. I want you to prepare your heart for this right now. Ask, you shall receive. Seek, ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened. That's the law of faith. And today, by faith, I want you to ask. I want you to seek. I want you to knock. I want you to believe. I want you to trust the word of God, that God is going to see you and your family and your church and your future. He's going to see you through everything that you are facing right now. First John chapter 5 Again, verse four, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is our victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. So here it is. Where your fear ends is where your faith begins. Remember that. Where your fear ends. We talked a lot about fear on the front end of this message. But where your fear ends... That's where your faith begins. So we bring fear, doubt, we bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, knowing that he has the answer, knowing that he is the answer and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I know that I am diligently seeking him. I trust that you are diligently seeking him. And so once again, Matthew chapter 17 and verse 20 goes like this. If you have faith as the grain of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be removed hence to yonder place and it shall be removed and nothing shall be impossible with you. Let's go back once again and listen to our text. Great is my confidence in you. Great is my pride and boasting on your behalf. I am filled to the brim with comfort. I am overflowing with joy in spite of all of our trouble. For even when we arrived in Macedonia, our bodies had no rest, but we were oppressed at every turn. Conflicts were everywhere. Fears within, conflicts without. Dread within, problems without. But, the next verse, but God, who comforts and encourages the depressed and the disquieted comforts us with his spirit. And so today, whatever you're facing, understand and know beyond the shadow of a doubt that God's got this.
So in the name of Jesus, receive this word. He is the God of comfort for us today. And that concludes this podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. And for those of you on iTunes, leave us a good rating. Thank you for listening to the NLCC Lancaster Podcast.